Blog Talk Radio. disadvantaged, 
non-custodial parent obligor. Yes, women pay child support too. We have talked on many concerns via the Bradley Amendment and the DPPA, which is the Deadbeat Parent Punishment Act. And we even heard a live testimony from a family in a recent episode. So please go and listen to these great shows. I'm sure you will enjoy them. They are for those with inquiry minds that want to know what's going on. Now, it's my turn to tell you why these matters on child support are so important to me and for the reason I became a host, a radio host, and the host of this particular program with SSI on the subject of child support news. And Brother Alpha is here as my guest, and he will also be here to hear me tell my true story and ask questions if he likes, and you will know why I am fitted to be a part of the bigger picture to help advocate for others on this issue and any other issue that may appear on this forum. And at this time, I am going to call on Brother Alpha. Brother Alpha, are you on the line? Yes, I am. Well, good evening. Hi, Brother yes. Alpha. Glad to have you on the show again. Thank and you for as you me. hear, yeah, as you hear, I am getting ready to tell my true story on what Yay. and how I became a non-custodial paying child support obligore. I'll put it like that, okay? <laughs> All right. Okay. You know, after uh-huh. producing as many shows as we produce, I'm in hope yeah. that everyone uh, has the true terminology. So even if yes. you wing it or finagle it a little bit, I'm sure that they know exactly who you are. Uh, Absolutely. That, that disadvantaged non-custodial parent obligor, <laughs> but that was good enough. I think I, I think I think I think I've been waiting and uh, I've been in the cut for a very long time, just waiting on you to uh, get your story out there. So uh, I'm going to get comfortable. I have my uh, I have one of my favorite. I have one of one of my favorite beverages, my uh, All right. my, my, my lemonade. Oh, your lemonade, that's right. Yeah, that's right. right. You got the pan. I'm, I'm gonna pull up. I'm gonna pull up my chair. I'm gonna pull up my chair. We're gonna get the pan out too. Get your pan out. It's gonna get pretty hot. You're gonna be like, hey, I'm all right. Here. <laughs> this is some all right. serious, some serious stuff now, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, I you know uh, so. Here I am. Um, is there anything that you want to know before I get started, you know, on any of this, or you just want me to dive on in? Well, right before you dive on in, I want to go straight to the uh, to, to, to the tail end right quick, and then uh, you okay. can dive right on in. Okay. With all that you've endured uh, as being – that decent disadvantaged non-custodial parent obligor. Where are you by way of uh, how do you feel uh, as far as your relationship with the the, the uh, child's uh, father? I mean, okay, you, where that stands how, after all of that, you, you mean? Yes. Yes. Uh, well, we don't communicate. Uh, we oh. have not communicated uh, 
since uh, after the divorce. After then, it was kind of like for a few years, um, you know, from 4 to 12, was those years of baby daddy drama that I had to go through uh, after being uh, turned on to the child support system to pay child support. So at this point, there's nothing really, we don't talk at all. No, we don't talk. Okay, now is it because of um, child support's involvement, or is it just uh, pretty much you guys have come to the uh, to that, uh, you know, agreement as to where you are? He doesn't want to talk, and you don't want to talk to him. Um, the child support, did they have well, any at the Well, I think it's a little bit of, everything, you know, what I had endured and what he had to endure for the cover-up. You you understand what I'm saying? So, you know, there's there's really nothing to talk about. Now, even though that, you know, I'm going to give the meat of this story, you know, but if it's for me to do another segment, if need be, I will do oh, that. Absolutely. You know, to go a little, a little more in depth in that area of why you said we don't talk, uh, you know, anymore uh, because of what has happened in just that time frame that we were together. We were together no more than two years, so uh, and that was from the beginning to the end, and um, and what came out of this. Uh, particular uh, story or testimony that I'm going to tell uh, was what broke the camel's back and, and it's truism all and it's all that is to say there's nothing really to talk about you were the father of my baby thank you very much for you know blessing you know us to have such a, a wonderful son and um, your son has a, has a uh, communication um, uh, relationship with you and, and that's all that matters all right now. Okay, well, mm-hmm. I'm ready if you're ready, and I'm sure, this, you know, inquiring minds, they're sitting back in the cut. They're all ready. Let's, let's get it going. Let's get it all going. All right. Uh, let's dive on in. Okay, Tell here we the go. <laughs> all right. Well, here we go. Okay, Brother Alpha, it was the worst day of my life, but it was the best thing that ever happened to me. All I, all I did was divorce a man who was the father of my youngest child. And at that time, he was made to pay child support, but he did not follow through and never got in trouble for it either. I was um, going through a lot of baby daddy drama and child protective services were called on me in the year of 1994, the month of December. And some trumped up charges was made against me and the courts took Three of the children, that was including the four-year-old, the youngest child that uh, my ex-husband and I had, okay, and they uh, had, the courts had the children to go live with him, and they did this without doing a background check on him. And while I was fighting for my children alone and by myself in the court system, because I had no, I, I couldn't afford an attorney. And I didn't have money, and I didn't, but I, I, but I needed the know-how to do it. So while I was in the system fighting uh, to beat that time frame that children's services have, that you have within a 90-day period when the children are taken out of the home, to uh, recover them if you if you can, right? So, but I knew that they had took them for no reason. So 
I had uh, what it took to get them back. But something happened, and there was a turn of events that caused the courts to delay the court hearing. And you, you're talking about family court. It was, I was in family court at the time, so they delayed the process of hearing. Uh, and by the time February uh, of 1995 came in, I was facing criminal charges on a crime I had not committed. And, and, and that is to say another charge that I did not have anything to do with, and even the first trumped-up charges of the alleged abuse and neglect charges, uh, that was the first beginning uh, of charges. But then the second, I was being charged uh, with domestic violence and child endangerment, and uh, the, courts, the courts weren't revealing what really happened or what was going on. All I knew is that I was facing civil and criminal charges, and I had no idea about what was going on. And I obtained an attorney at that particular time, and again, that was through, you know, an organization that can help you with a sliding fee scale. Uh, and she came on the scene, and she had me to do this, uh, this plea called an Alford plea. Now, Alford plea is spelled A-L, as in Larry, F-O-R-D, like the Ford, Ford president, President Ford, Alford plea. And, and which the attorney said it meant I was not guilty of the charges or the statements made within. All I knew was that I was innocent and I was not going to plead guilty for charges I knew nothing about until a judge was set for the case. And at that time, I pled the alpha plea, and the judge sent me to jail. Now, I still didn't know how the charges got on me, and the children were already in the court system and was living with the father when all of this was happening. And so I was sentenced. It took about seven months, actually, for them to actually put me away. And they had did, uh, you know, these uh, staged um, court hearings uh, that weren't really court hearings because I wasn't a part of any of them or, or a trial. I wasn't a part of them, but they had them as though that they were staged and they had paperwork to show that I was, uh, that I had appeared in these hearings that I had not appeared in at all. And so uh, they sentenced me, the judge sentenced me to a 30-day probation or a 30-day jail sentence with 90 days on the shelf and five-year probation. And in June of 1995 was when I was sentenced. And then in July 1995 was when I got out of jail. And I went to search what happened to me. And when I found out what happened, I summoned the court hearing myself and with the father to be summoned in. And it was all about that four-year-old child and what happened according to the records once I found out what happened. And I said to the court, you put the wrong person in jail for a crime that was committed by this man. And I began to ran down what happened according to the files I had in my hand. And even I found out that the courts had gave full custody of our, our, our child to him without me knowing it. This is all while I, was in, while I was put in jail. I knew nothing about anything that they were doing until I got out. Okay, so even though I knew nothing, but after I did that 
did that research, I found out everything. And because I revealed the secret and who was all involved in my 1995 downfall, which included the judge in family court who decided to make me pay child support right then and there, okay? At that time, I didn't have a job. I just got out of jail, and it took me about two months to do the research. And not only did she make me pay child support, but she packed on the rearages from when our child was born. And this man had to pay child support, and they did not come after him after our separation and divorce. And But anyway, I paid child support from the time our child was four until he was 12 years of age. And I made sure I went to get my visitations and anything else afforded me while going through this issue. And then I found not one job but two jobs to help provide for myself and to pay child support payments and the arrears. And it totaled up to approximately over $16,000 I paid to the father and to the child support system. And uh, when I got my child back into my care, which he was 12 years old, okay, then when the tables were turned for, for him to pay child support from the age of 12, and now my child is now at the cool age of 23 years old, the father has not been given any charges to pay child support, period. So I do not know, I would say I do know that our judicial system can be very cruel and harmful and insensitive and to what is happening to individuals or in families that don't deserve the treatment of whatever the reasons courts use to keep one bound to a law that is unreasonable. And why that is why I am an advocate today and here on radio to help those individuals stand up, speak up, and speak out against victimization and fraud. Yes, I was a victim, and yes, I was defrauded, but I am not, I am a victorious person because I went to go find out what happened to me. And if I would have known about you, Brother Alpha, at the time I was going through what I was going through, I would have looked you up. Yes, I would have. And I will say that is the reason why I believe, you know, that I am teamed up with you right now today, Brother Alpha, is to help in the fight, to help others and help you get the word out about decent, disadvantaged, non-custodial parent obligors and that we need and that we need the system's support to help and we need people's support to help tell the child support system to stop and pay attention more to how they are handling cases in child support. Uh, the courts have no idea how much effect they can cause for whatever reasons when they judge a case in child support uh, on a family because the damage on how our children and parents are handled are long-term defects in how a family will function from that point on. And sometimes people have to go to counseling after getting severe and unjust treatment that been done by our court systems like this. And I am one of them now today. I still hear the effects of what happened to my children, and they are grown. They tell me as much as they are reminded of it from within themselves, 
from the hurt and pain they sustained because they were innocent bystanders. Brother Alpha, that is my story. And is there any questions you may want to have me to answer to at this time? Because that is my story. Well, Sister Wendy, I tell you, that's uh, a heart-wrenching story. I commend you first and foremost for even putting your story out there. A lot of times, you know, people are uh, uh, hurting. They have a story, but uh, they just don't know how to speak out on it. Yeah. You know, where it, uh, you know, comes out the right way. Uh, a lot of people are bitter. Uh, so yes, they, they speak, are. They don't speak properly. They speak out of anger. And I, over the years, I've heard so many stories, good, bad, and indifferent. Yes. And uh, it all comes right back to the family court system. That's right. It comes back to them by way of punishment and money. Mm-hmm. And what I specifically mean by that is the punishment is uh, implemented mainly when there's uh, no money being bought into uh, that venue. Yes. And they're not. They're and they're not uh, taking in consideration any. Form no, they're of, not. They, I, I don't think. That, I don't think they have any idea of how much how much damage. They do to families, and if people would, oh, like you said, and, and that's what I was getting up. ready to say. There, oh man, they, that, they, that emotional, really... part, yeah, that emotional piece is not being considered. No. Uh, that 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 is why the implementation of punishment, you know, and the laws giving them a leg to stand on that says that they can implement a form of punishment. Mm, that's right. You know, so when you factor in those two components. Uh, that emotional bond, that's out the window. And the, the problem window. at hand is with these genuine parents, uh, which are referred to as the decent, disadvantaged, non-custodial parent obligor, is servers, yes. uh, any type of meaningful em uh, uh, emotional bonding that that parent and child may have. But, see, the child is guaranteed to grow into adulthood, and the problem at hand is you have a lot of these children mm -hmm. even today that's calling their parents out on, well, you were that's never there right. for me. You were never but, there. But, see, the story it, that's never been promoted is absolutely. the parents wanted to be there, but they were forced out of the child's right. life by way of, right. if I could not put the money into the system, these people... Uh, wanted to arrest me, and therefore I needed to get, you know, out of sight, out of mind, until yes. I could come up with a job. Unfortunately, right. it doesn't fly right by the children, but factually that's what had happened, and, uh, and that's what we are doing right now by way of promoting the truth and the factual yes. uh, to, 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 to not continue to allow the lies to set in because once again when you when the children become of age and they go back to their parents years after maybe the parents at that point in time may even be grandparents yes. um, but 
like I always say, you know, a decent disadvantaged non-custodial parent obligor, that is a person that should be recognized as, uh, you know, just who they are. They are that parent of integrity. Right. Hold right. your head up high. You didn't do anything yes. wrong. Uh, don't go to the court system looking for a, a handout because that's not Absolutely. why you're there. But also don't go there looking for uh, uh, meaningful uh, reconciliation of uh, your case because yes. that's not what they do either. Right. Uh, for the most part, their genuine reasoning for opening shop is let's get the money at whatever Let's spend. get the money, right. Uh, and if we can't get this money, well, the only thing we have for you is uh, incarceration for the most part. Yes, these, the judges, well, not the judges, the magistrates, they are hardcore for the most part. Mm-hmm. The states are not trying to rationale out as to who's who by way of a deadbeat versus the uh, yes. custodial parent uh, uh, obligor of integrity. They're not trying yes. to do any of that. They just look on right. the books and say, well, you're one and the same to us because both of you are in contempt. Uh, there is a significant difference between the two parties, the deadbeat and the decent disadvantaged non-custodial parent obligor. There's a significant yes. Significant difference. Uh, Significant. And and that's why it is imperative to demarcate, you know, this venue because because you can't keep punishing uh, uh, the decent disadvantaged non-custodial parent obligor by way of uh, the the same using the same tactics that you would utilize on a deadbeat parent. That you know that that's crazy. It, but once again, you know, getting back over to uh, the, ch- the children, you know, they say that the, 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 the children behind uh, uh, this era, they're supposed to be our future. Well, if this is the best that the system is doing by way of what's supposed to be in the best interest of the children, then uh, we don't want it. We don't right. want it. Because we don't want it. it this is not going to prepare our future, which are these up-and-coming children. This is not going to pe- prepare them for anything good. What it's going to do is it's going to, at some point in time, uh, kick into their mental and it's going to frighten them to some degree to say, I don't even think it's worth having children. <laughs> well, uh, well, <laughs> because if, if, I happen, if we have children and, 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 the, and, and the parent, uh, falls on hardships for whatever reason, if this is what they have to, have to endure, this form of punishment, then uh, you may want to second-guess having children. But it goes against the grain and, because... Well, yeah, I mean, because what had happened to me did, uh, even at that point, even though I bear five children, you know, I would have liked to have me one more maybe, you know, but after going through this, I did not want to have no more and I didn't have any more either you know I didn't have any more because I knew you know what happened to me you know I can only say this that now you understand from the beginning when you asked about the how how me and the father may be with each other at this point this all of what you just heard is why it is not this way and uh, again, there'll be another time when I will speak in depth, if need be, 
you know, to what happened to him in the long run, but what happened to me to reveal this, uh, you know, to keep a, uh, you know, a lawsuit from happening, they did a lot of stuff to try to, uh, to keep a lawsuit from happening, okay, uh, from the state point of view, if you understand what I'm saying. And so, um, and because I wasn't that uh, knowledgeable yet, but knowledgeable enough to do the research and to be able to reveal who all was involved in, in that situation, for me, I was justified at that point. I was justified at that point. So, you know, we're down at the end here, and I would like to uh, like to tell them how to get in contact with you because you have done so much, and I want to thank you so much, Brother Alpha, for Certainly. coming on to the show and giving us you. a greater understanding, understanding on child support issues and giving me a chance to tell my story, too. So if there's anyone out there that is interested in contacting FSI, you may contact Mr. Alpha C. Hells by telephone, which is 860-913-6516. That number again is 860-913-6516. So go onto the website at familyfirstint.org or email him at familyfirstinternational.org at gmail.com, and this group is available for speaking engagements. Contact FSI to set up for a speaking engagement in your area, and you can contact me, too, right here on Lardy, Miss Clardy, and company on Blog Talk Radio, and join us again on Child Support News every Thursday at our new time schedule, which is at 3.30 p.m. Pacific Time, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for listening in on Lardy, Miss Cardi, and company on Blog Talk Radio because it's our business to tell your business and child support news. Stand up, speak up, and speak out on victimization and fraud. Good night.